If you're interested in sponsoring How You Play the Game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Please remember, these episodes are considered for mature audiences only. There is some language and some mature discussion. You know what we haven't done for a while? What's that? A Home Alone 2 reference. Whoa. And it is the season. It is the season, yeah. So I feel like... Um, we got to get on that. I, yeah, we got to get in the game here, folks. Right. I mean, it's on it's on the, f- the Freeform channel all the time, which yeah. used to be ABC Family. So okay. uh, if you'll excuse me, I've got to go write this down in a notebook as to what channel I, it is, what I gotta, time it's I gotta on. Make, I got to make, make some phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Uh, even even in the holiday season, you and I are just weird, and we're way too busy. No, yeah, this... doing stuff that besides this doesn't matter. Doesn't really further <laughs> society, does it? No, you take out you take us out, and society's going to be just fine. Yeah, you know, we're not building roads. No, we're not uh, constructing buildings. No. Um, Hey, what? But we're doing this podcast. We are doing this podcast, so that would be the that's cue. constructive. That that would be the cue to start the podcast. I'm the one who starts it off now. Wow. The tables have turned, Mr. Bond. I did pull the table You pulled the table. There was no rotation of the table. So, well, this is How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the Osip Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the second episode, the last episode of 2019. Wow. Can you believe that? The second episode of December in 2019. Next time we're with you, it'll be 2020. Which is not just a show on ABC. Right. I remember watching that show briefly, or at least a, like a commercial for that show in like the mid-90s, thinking, what's going to happen in the year 2020 when that show is actually like, you know, relevant to the year? And here we are. Now now we're old. Well, I think it's relevant to the vision. Right. right? We, well, we get it. Is that remember? You get it? Yeah, it's been gotten. Okay. Okay. I'm talking about you know this is the same guy who who just said he needs to go write down everything about Home Alone two on the Freeform channel in yeah. his notebook. Right. Okay. So that that joke is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Every, the world's Christmas gift for me is just me throwing myself under the bus with this stuff. So no, no? don't say okay. that. Okay. Okay. The the world's first Hanukkah gift. Is me throwing under the bus because you get seven more. So yeah, you got ch- you got a chance to redeem yourself. But aren't they usually like smaller gifts? They usually are. I mean, throwing yourself under a bus. Well, it depends who you ask. If it's some of my exes, that's a pretty big gift. That's a huge gift. If so, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So maybe I don't have to then go do the seven other ones because I kind of made up for it. Yeah. Even even in religion gift giving, mm-hmm. we're paying retail. You do a seven for one price, <laughs> price a deal. You know what? I'm going to stop it right there because I I know where this can go, and we're going to stop. Okay, we're going to stop. I don't want to cancel myself. Across the way is our producer engineer and equally as horrible person as I am, Mr. Sean Ryan. Hey, Sean, how are you? Equally as horrible. Well, are you more horrible than uh, me? Well, in some ways, you're horribler. Horrible. Yeah. No, we got to stop there. We got to stop there. But I think we're equally as horrible. Okay, we're terrible people. Yes, we're terrible people. But not that terrible because we're doing this wonderful podcast. Well, if you compare us to Hitler. Oh, we're much better. Okay, there you go. I'd like to believe. Yeah. By, By comparison, we're, you know, Hitler's Hitler and we've just been a very bad Hitler. Yeah. So... Oh man, Can you, you going to edit that out? No, no. Okay, uh, somebody somewhere is going to look up. This what, podcast is rated M, M for mature, M for stupid, <laughs> M for immature, M for immature. Uh, I hope someone somewhere researches that joke. That's as far with bad jokes as I'm going to go right now. Okay, all right, good. probably for the best. Definitely for the best. All right, so uh, just as a reminder to everybody, if you haven't uh, kind of known this already, for the 
50 plus episodes that we've done and uh you know i think this is 50 is it somewhere in that range so yeah, yeah so in somewhere in that range and with all the years that we've been doing this if you don't know it by now you can always get in touch with the the show in a variety of ways our website is osipfoundation.org where you have the how you play the game tab where you can also submit your story of sportsmanship online for us to discuss uh, you can email the show. The address is podcast at osipfoundation.org. And, of course, there's social media, facebook.com slash osipfoundation. Twitter and Instagram are both at osipfoundation with the hashtag how you play the game. Let's jump right into it because we've got an episode of The Mandalorian to watch. Yep. Um, Do you want me to start? Go ahead. Okay. So uh, I sent this article to you, Jack, uh, earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's uh, an article by Unilad, uh, by um, author Julia Bannum. I believe this is from this. This is a, a British yes. publication. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, Unilad.co.uk, and the title is "College Ball Player Suspended for Most Horrific Cheap Shot You'll Ever See." In quotes. Um, so the, the gist of it is a college basketball player in Florida has been suspended for the remainder of 2019. The British taking note of Florida? I, don't I know. It. After sucker punching an opponent during a game. Footage taken on December 7th shows Isaiah Hill of St. Leo University hitting Nick Smith of Nova Southeastern University in the head. A temporary stunned Smith could be seen dropping to the floor before getting back up and can continuing with the game. Officials at the match didn't appear to notice the attack at the time. Is it, not, is it a match? Is it a basketball match? I'm just poking fun at the British here. Yes. Okay, good. Match contest. Damn. However, Hill has since been handed a two-match suspension oh, man. after footage of the incident went viral. Did they pronounce it viral? Viral. Okay. Nova Southeastern ended up winning the game as reported by the ledger and and Smith fortunately didn't suffer any injuries following the incident. Hill's conduct came to light, however, after the footage was shared by Pittsburgh Post Gazette sports writer Mike White, who described the incident as one of the most horrific cheap shots you'll ever see. It's, and he's quoting, it's NCAA Division II game in Florida, but I bring it up because it's surreal and former WPIAL standout Nick Smith is on the end of one of the most horrific cheap shots you'll ever see. Also surreal, official standing right next to it, and nothing happens to St. Leo U's player. We can get into that in a little bit. In a tweet that has since been deleted, St. Leo University President Jeffrey Senesi wrote, Posting one of the context video when your team violently fouls, takes constant cheap shots and disrespects you in an unsportsmanlike manner. Every minute of the game is cowardly and weak at St. Leo. Um, Vice President and Director of Athletics Francis X. Reedy has made the following statement as per St. Leo University website. Isaiah's conduct on the court is not an accurate representation of St. Leo's core values. St. Leo University holds its students to high standards of moral and ethical conduct as a reflection of Benedictine values. Upon review of Isaiah's actions this past Saturday, he will not represent St. Leo University in competition for the remainder of 2019. Yeah, see, they use competition, not match. Interesting. Hmm. Senesi had also made a public statement on the matter expressing regret in regards to his now deleted tweet. After a careful review of Isaiah Hill's actions during the December 7th game against uh, Nova Southeastern University, the university has suspended him from play for the remainder of 2019. I support the decision of our coach and athletic administration. This type of conduct will not be tolerated. I am saddened by this event as this behavior does not reflect who we are at St. Leo University, and apologize for any comments that suggest otherwise. So um, it's sort of amazing the chain reaction of of, <clears throat> of words that this creates. Um, and, you know, notwithstanding the official not seeing the call, because I think we discussed this earlier, too, he may have been just looking through. You've only got X number of officials, usually three, looking at 
uh, you know, a, a match, if you will, right. that contains 10 players, five on each side. Yeah, and maybe he was following the ball. Yeah. You, you, maybe, you know, it's, it's hard. We, as an official myself, you have, you know, we always forget this, or the, the public forgets this. You don't have enough people on the field to watch every single thing. You have to cut corners in some places mm-hmm. in order to uh, focus on what you what you need to focus on. Right. I mean, prior to getting to higher levels of baseball, like Division One baseball or Double A baseball. Careful, that table is solid, and that's a coffee mug that I own. Um, <laughs> so, so sorry. So, You've only got two umpires on the field. In most youth basketball games, you've only got two referees. Yeah. You know? Um, even and this in, is Division Two. And this is Division Two, so there should be at least three. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, even in football, okay, you've got, no matter how many officials you put on the field, you still got 22 guys on the field right. playing a very, very major contact sport. And I'm going to tease you for a second. I just was re- was given uh, late breaking news that we have to discuss on this podcast that we did not discuss prior in our pre-show meeting. Okay. So, but that's that's coming up later in the show. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, I know you can't. But like you said, the um, the idea here is that uh, you know we have to, to to at this point we have to excuse the officials because. There are simply there's simply not enough evidence to show that an official blatantly missed this call, for example. Right. You know, and then we have to sort of give credit to I know in the past we've talked about how media can have a negative effect on um, on sportsmanship and how they can twist words and everything. But this the event came to light, really, um, after a writer from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette saw it right and made it public and kudos to mike white for bringing that to everyone's attention so nobody would have known about it had it not been for this Widely. journalist Widely. okay okay i mean people probably some people probably saw it at the game but whether or but, not they understood it or needed to make light of it right didn't you know it was not going to spread right viral if you will mm-hmm. uh if it wasn't for uh, a journalist making the story yeah. spread that way. So then I think this is an example of the media doing the right thing right. In, in kind of calling it out. Well, if you think about it, too, I mean, isn't that, to a certain degree, the point or one of the points of the media in general is yeah. to say that regardless of sports, you know, the you know uh, journalists outside of reporting the news so that you know the 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 gross number of people in in you know in the world in the country in in the in the community know and understand what's going on mm-hmm. it's also mm-hmm. to provide a checks and balances system right to the people who who need to know what may be going on that's that's not okay yeah you know if uh, you know, if, if a company is doing something unethical, you know the the ability that a journalist has to bring that unethical behavior to light and, and spark change is huge. Yeah, and and so this is a a sports and sportsmanship related example mm-hmm. of the media of journalism doing what it's meant to do. You know, and that's not meant to be um, a political thing at all because I think that in this day and age it's very easy for us to twist uh, politics into the media as we know by the 24 hour mm-hmm. news cycle as we know how various uh, media outlets clearly are biased towards one side or the other of the spectrum because it happens on both sides mm-hmm. um, you know that in itself is a completely different uh, argument it's more about just the fact that if you take politics out of it and you look at it this particular way, this is a prime example of what journalism is supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know, so great job by everybody on that and great job by you by finding that. Yeah, so thanks. Um, why don't you also tell us uh, what you found when I, we, when I sent you the thing about um, Philip Rivers Oh, you know, so so okay. I'll lead you into this. So on social media this past week, there was a clip from the game between the Chargers and the Jaguars where Philip Rivers, the quarterback for the Chargers, was knocked down 
by a, a Jaguars defender. The defender helped Rivers up, and then Rivers trash-talked him as he was being helped up. So it was bad enough that this was all caught on tape and, and heard properly via microphones. But then, Sean, you showed me something just before we went on the air yeah. that, that doubles down on this. So give us the nature of the story. So I think it, it, I can just sum it up with the title. Go ahead. So, it, it, so this is um, by Fo- uh, Fox News um, by Ryan Gatos. And uh, the title is Philip Rivers trash talking clip against Jacksonville Jaguars delights social media. So here's sort of a bad example of twisting the story um, via the media. Um, I think, well, this has a two pronged effect. One, the title itself is suggesting that people... Um, kind of get a kick. Like there's a schadenfreude like, effect to yeah, it. Yeah, out of it. Um, but two, just the very nature of, you know, they're, they're involving social media in it. And mm-hmm. of course you have to involve social media in everything these days. Absolutely. I mean, whether it's voluntary or not. Um, that's how media is shared. Everybody and their mother has right. the ability to post an opinion now. Right. So... You know, the say that it delights everyone is a preconceived notion that the people reading this article are going to automatically side with Rivers. Right. And say, yeah, that's how we play. We, 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 you know, even if we're being helped up, we still have to, you know, kick someone down with, with this trash talking. Right. And, their Fox News is under the preconceived notion that people automatically think like that right. when it comes to sports. And take out the fact that Fox News is one of these journalist outlets that you know falls under that category of leaning one particular way or the right. other in the spectrum. Take the politics out of it for a second. Right. It doesn't matter if it was Fox News, if it was MSNBC. The, the, the name of the outlet does not matter here so much as the fact that the outlet did mm-hmm. create this firestorm. Right. Okay. And it's the wording. Right. I mean, exactly. you have to look at you have to look at the wording here. I right. mean, it's it, they're suggesting that people enjoy this. Right. And that's and again, that in itself is it doesn't matter who did it because I know that it's I think it's very difficult for people today to separate the story from the outlet. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm going to challenge everybody here to forget that it was Fox News that did this. I'm not shilling for Fox News. I'm trying to challenge our listeners to say, you have, you know, regardless that we know that Fox News leans a certain way, take that out of this equation and examine it for what it is. If you can't do that, you are completely missing the point here. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's and that's very difficult for people. And the conversations that I have with a lot of people, they... And, I, and and again, now here I am painting the picture of the majority of people who are like this, and yet I shouldn't be doing that. Right. So I'm putting myself in this category for the purposes of this example. Yeah. There are a lot of people out there, not everybody, a lot of people who can't do that, who can't separate the, the, the idea, the concept of, you know, journalist outlet X leans a certain way for the purposes of... Uh, you know, of, of removing that from these types of situations. Well, we talked about this on our music business podcast, right. separating the art from the artist. Mm-hmm. And the example that we we brought up in, for our listeners who didn't catch those episodes was Michael Jackson exactly. and his music. Well, you know, the whole conflict, the whole, you know, I guess controversy with everything regarding Neverland and... You, know, you just say Michael Jackson in general. Everyone knows what you're talking right, about, right? You know, you know, with every, you know, but but I think when we when we did the episode, Neverland had just come out, yeah, um, and or soon after that. But the point is that do you just stop listening to his music because of the type of person he is, right. or can you separate the fact that 
he was an amazing artist and an amazing creator and a and a just a truly gifted performer and you just say okay he was a great performer artist musician but not a good person right you know can you make that distinction? Can you do that in, in 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 journalism? Can you do that in politics? Right. You know, I to take it the next step is to say, do we have the ability to look at a politician, realize that that politician is probably not a good person, but that the, the you know the things that that person is doing for his or her job can benefit the office and the constituents. Right. And again, I don't want to get into that too mm-hmm. deeply, but these are things that plague us. Another example I can think of, and I think we brought this up in the past, but uh, a while back, I think a few years ago, Ken Ham and Bill Nye had a debate on creationism. Right. Uh, Ken Ham was the director of the, um, was it one of those creationist museums in, I can't remember exactly where it was, forgive me. And we all I'm not know. Gonna forgive you. Okay. Well. Yeah. And then uh, Bill Nye, uh, the science, the science guy. guy, but big Washington um, Nationals fan, by the way. Interesting. Yeah. And they had a spirited debate about creationism versus evolution, and Bill Nye was on the side of evolution. Bill and Ken Ham was on the side of creationism. Not once did they say anything slanderous or negative about each other. They had a spirited, healthy debate. And it was, I think it was like over two hours or something like that. But it was, and I watched, I watched most of it. I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but. Because you it, had to go read. It was, I know, reading yeah. hard. But it was very interesting to see, you know, that they didn't get in each other's way. Right. They, you, I learned a lot about both aspects to it. Um, so my personal opinions aside, when you a, a debate is presenting information from both sides and arguing in a healthy manner without slandering the other person. Right. And we said this before, when writing a research paper, you don't say things like, I feel this way or I think that way. It's you present the information and you analyze it based on empirical data and that's kind of what journalism should be right you know where you look at like walter cronkite you know he told you what happened and he did not inject his own personal feelings it wasn't an op-ed piece right it was a news report exactly and i mean again just i don't want to steer towards politics but look at all the political debates that we have around Mm -hmm. election season that are exactly what you said slanderous and contentious and almost more entertainment than they are informative i always said that um what they should do for for uh for debates for presidential debates or gubernatorial debates whatever is you know they always give the rules beforehand right and everyone always goes over the time limit oh yeah just cut the person's mic. You know, you go, they go over a certain minute, just cut them. Cut them so they can't talk. Can't, yeah. So they can't be heard. Or <laughs> I like the idea of putting um, somebody under the podium so that if they go over, they get punched in the crotch. Oh. You know, or the stomach. I mean, again, I don't want to, you know, hmm. you know, because obviously a male... Uh, candidate would probably suffer more damage. Is than that good sportsmanship? You know what? It's not. But if it gets the the candidates to shut up, I think we can all agree I think on that. Cutting the mic is a, it's probably nicer. A so bit. you don't you don't want the the spinning little person to come out and hit, hit him, <laughs> <laughs> little Tim and Eric for you. Yeah. Little balls <laughs> insurance. <laughs> this podcast is rated M, M for, for immature. immature. <laughs> so anyway, the point being. Philip Rivers trash talked. <laughs> right. And I think if you watch the clip of it, in addition to obviously what we were just talking about with the media fanning the flames, the, the, the in the clip, the I can't remember the defender's name. It's, it's in the article. 
his whole point was to tell Philip Rivers, I don't care that you're excited about the fact that you just threw a TD pass. I don't care that you... you Yannick, Yannick, Nick, was it Yannick Naguku? Sure. Uh, we'll just apologize Nagu- for it now. I'm sorry that I'm mispronouncing yeah. that. So anyway, the idea is that he doesn't care that you're excited about it or that you're yelling about it. Just don't yell about it in his ear, which I think is a nice little way of saying, I just helped you up. Yeah. Can you can you can you back off for a second? Right. You know, like and 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 if you watch the clip, the referee um, came in and basically like shoved uh, Rivers out of the way because he knew like, will you, will you knock it off? Just stop it. Yeah. I think it was Bill Vinovich who was the referee there. I'm not 100 percent sure. But, mm. um, you know, the idea being that he, was it right for the referee to push him, though? He didn't he didn't actually push. Oh, oh okay. he kind of like like did one of these like hand motions like okay. get out of here kind okay. of a thing you know okay it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a shove it mm-hmm. was a get out of here you you know mm-hmm. and you just want to you just want to you just want to say to him like look listen just play it. the game hey that's great that you just hit an open man downfield for this big touchdown run that basically crossed the entire field that's great okay mm-hmm. congratulations you should be excited yeah but you shouldn't be excited to the point where you're basically rubbing it in your opponent's face after your opponent just ex- he hits you down, he extends your hand to say, "Let me help you up," and then you just you, you basically say you don't even say thank you. Right. That that is the common decency. That's the problem that OSIP is trying to tell people to to have. Yeah. How difficult is it, Andrew Luck? Who recently retired? I don't know if you've seen this clip in the past, but there's a, there was a compilation some time ago. Andrew Luck, the quarter, the former quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, would get hit by all these different defenders and knocked down and whatnot. And you could hear on the mics him basically saying, "Hey, great hit, great job!" Like complimenting the defenders, and you know, and and showing that he has respect for his opponents. And I think as a result of that. The opponents grew a respect back where they said, listen, we know that we can hit this guy, but we don't have to do it badly. He knows that any legal hit is okay, and he respects us, and we're going to respect him. I always thought the best, if you look at, even in baseball, the best managers are the ones who, when they lose, they lose gracefully. Yep. And you can see it in the press conference Mm -hmm. when they say, when, when a reporter asks them, hey, what did you think of the other team's pitching? Like they were, they were great. Yeah, they we could not hit him. Yeah, he was carving us up left and right. He had great control of his right. breaking stuff. He was able to spot That's, the fastball. They can yeah. recognize yeah. when they've been beaten. They can recognize yeah. the other team's skills. We just couldn't do it tonight. And it's not like we weren't prepared or you know mm-hmm. you know we weren't good enough. It was no. They just they just had it. Tip your hat tonight. You know. Yeah. It's not that's, that difficult. That's that's called losing gracefully. Right. And you're. Kind of in a way, almost just as much a winner uh-huh. as the winning team yep. when you do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not rocket science. So before I get to the late breaking news here, the only other thing that I brought up, and I showed this to you briefly. So I saw a tweet this past week, and I and I went to research it. Um, there is an outlet in Boston, a news outlet. BJBS Journal, BJBSJ, okay? I can't for the life of me figure out what that acronym stands for. Obviously, the last J stands for journal. I would assume that maybe the first B stands for Boston, and maybe the BS obviously stands for something else. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that J stands for there. As you click around their site, BJBS Journal, all you can find here in the in the about section is where it says BJBSJ is a news gathering association of concerned citizens designed to combat hot takes specifically as it pertains to Boston sports and they go through via social media via their website and just say some of the most ridiculous things that attack the news outlets of Boston. They have specific tabs for WEEI, the Boston Globe, the Boston Sports Journal, NBC Sports Boston, things like that. Um, some of the stuff that I was reading was basically, they were basically like tearing down reporters who would ask post-game 
press conference questions and things like that, saying, how does this person have a job? And, what, and mm-hmm. to the point where these, these reporters, especially some of these female reporters, are like, why are you attacking me for doing my job? Right. You know? It's not like they're, are they, well, let's back up for a second. So it's not like they're attacking them for being like biased in their reporting, no, right? They're, they're just attacking them for having the opinions that they have. Okay. So so these these sports uh, journalists I'm trying to let's see if I can get some some tweets here. It says here in the in the in the Twitter account for BJBSJ. Um, let's see here. Let's find find some of the. Uh, Okay, so they're retweeting things that say the following, and now we really have to rate this podcast as M. Yeah. Okay, they retweeted a tweet from somebody called the Fib O Six Two Four, which is a which is a Boston area sports fanatic accused of being a David Price burner by the editor of the Eagle Tribune Sports section. It says here. Uh, in referencing a different, a different fa- uh, someone else's account, this is the fan who I bet money says he's a quote realistic Patriots fan end quote, and his timeline is a shitstorm. Go jack it to your radio idols and stop pretending what you're doing is being a fan. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know. They basically, you would think as a a person who is a fan can choose how much of a fan they want or don't want to be. First of all, like for example, you know, do I do 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 I like basketball? Yes, I like basketball. Am I a fanatic? No. Like I'm allowed to like it, right? I'm allowed to have a certain degree of fandom. I mean, do we we have to understand what fan means, right? right. A fan comes from the word fanatic. And a fanatic is someone who is unconditionally devoted to an a entity, whether it be a team, a, 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 an individual, or whatever, right? The, the word fanatic is pretty extreme, actually, to, to you know... Um, so, but I think, you know, being a casual fan, that's, that's a thing. So who cares if what degree of fan, first of all, secondly, the language is just disgusting. I mean, do they label it as an op-ed? They re- they label it as a Patriots.com burner account, which is not an op-ed. I mean, it's not specifically says that. So in this in this case, here's another one. In this Give case, me a break. Yeah. Um, in 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 a report about um, a, 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 a someone called uh, let's see here. So Courtney Fallon, who is uh, who has her own podcast, Fox and Fallon, uh, previously on the NFL Network, MSG, and CBS Sportsnet. Uh, she tweets out, uh, you do understand if this alleged Spygate 2.0 and the NFL finds the Patriots responsible. This, of course, is the Patriots videotaping that we talked about. Right. This could be the end of Bill Belichick's career in New England. And BJBSJ replies to this tweet by saying, this overreaching try-hard fucktard. Well, obviously we can't take anything they say seriously. Right. And and people, who, other people reply to this tweet that say, "You will fit in very well with the other know nothing lemmings on Boston sports radio." Good luck. Um. So these are just a bunch of pissed off fans, yeah, exactly. right? Is that that that's really the nature of the? So it's not a journal, right? No, or it, it's not it's not a reputable news, but far from it, right? These are just a bunch of angry, pissed-off fans right. 
who know they're wrong, but they just want to lash out at the world. One person, re- one person replies to uh, <laughs> this particular uh, tweet by saying, congratulations, honker. You have been accepted into Clown State University for the spring 2020 semester. This makes you a member of the honker class of 2023. We are so excited to have you here at CSU. Which is kind of funny. Uh, it's kind of funny. <laughs> but, wrong, <laughs> but funny. So, okay, so then, all right, so then we could say, can we take this as just entertainment and we just not, I mean, they're satire, right? I mean, we could think of it as, can we think of it as satire? Are we allowed to? I mean, I think that, would that make it better? Because you can't take these people seriously, right? I I can only hope. And if you do, there's, I mean, again, there's that preconceived notion that I'm sort of falling into. But if you take that kind of stuff seriously... You've got better things to do. I mean, really, right? I mean, it's entertainment. Here's here's the tweet that that got me that found found me this stuff. Okay, Tara Sullivan works for the Boston Globe. She's a sports columnist for the Boston Globe. Okay. Okay. Um, she asked a question in a press conference this past week that was. Let me see if I can find it here. And she's with Boston... Boston Globe sports Boston columnist. Globe. Okay. Um, I, I think she's since deleted it because of what happened here. She asked She asked a question about the like fans booing or something like that, basically trying to get a, react, you know, a, a statement from a coach about people booing. Okay. Okay. It might have been with Belichick for all I know because the Patriots had, had lost and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. BJBSJ tweets out and tags her in it. Who's more useless than Tara Sullivan? And the quote that she asked was, were you upset about getting booed at halftime? And then they go on to say, this is why you're lucky to make $55,000 a year. So, so now this outlet is basically calling out a, a, a journalist because in this, you know, the, you know, the, the team gets booed at halftime. She has the right to ask that question. And then they basically call her out and say, you are so useless and I don't know how you make the money that you make. Like, is it, is it, does it get more classless than that? You know. So I guess the point being I, that. I don't know. Let's just put BJBSJ in the same category. On the shit list? Yeah, the same category of bro Bible and barstool sports. Yeah. Just. I mean, just on the wording alone, I think yeah. they're worse. Could be. I mean, that you wonder why, and I'm not trying to say that there are fan bases that are not like this. When you and I had this talk about Liz Gonzalez last year with with Barstool Sports, okay, and yeah. she represented New York fans very poorly with what she said, okay. So I'm not going to try and say that New York fans are better, but. Look at the sports fan bases in Boston, in Philadelphia, in these major cities, and look at the bad representation that they get as a result of this. New York fans get it too, so I'm not trying to say New York fans are better or worse. But there's a reason these stereotypes exist. There's a reason why people dislike Boston and dislike Philadelphia and dislike New York. Why people dislike anybody? Because there are these people out here that do this stuff, and it's ridiculous. Why can't fans just be normal fans? They don't have to do this stuff. It's garbage. It is garbage. It's absolute garbage. I feel like I'm going on a Don LaGreca rant here. All right. Rant over. Would you like the the late-breaking story, and then we can wrap this baby up? Yeah. Yes. Okay. The New York football giants have released cornerback Janoris Jenkins oh okay okay. and the reason that they did so is because just when just 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 today minutes ago before we started uh this podcast okay he was released because he tweeted 
a response to somebody using the R word and refused to to take it down. So here's what happened. Wow. Jenkins was responding. I'm basically reading an ESPN article that was posted before um, his release from uh, Jordan uh, Ronan. Jenkins was was responding to a critical fan taking exception when asked why the stats Jenkins was using to showcase his effectiveness weren't contributing to any victories. Because obviously the Giants aren't doing very well this year. And his response was, and I apologize for using this word, I'm simply quoting. Jenkins tweeted, I can only do my job, retard. Okay. Giants coach Pat Shermer then met with Jenkins later in the day. And Shermer explained that the comments were very inappropriate and offensive, uh, wouldn't disclose at the time if he would face any discipline. So Jenkins put an apology on social media later and then asked the next day as to why he used the word in the first place. And he said, quote, where I'm from, we use all kind of words for slang. If it offends anybody, I'm sorry. It's a culture that I grew up in where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? We use all kinds of words for all kinds of slang. If you don't know, it's a hood thing. Whatever. I'm not calling nobody no name or picket nobody. It's just something we use in the hood back at home. He still hasn't, hadn't taken the tweet down, and he says, I really didn't seem so bad with it. People like y'all started picking it up and making stories, so I just apologized. Okay, so, so then maybe it's fine to say it in your neighborhood where you're from, but you're tweeting it to the world. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not everyone is going to have the same response. As I'm that. as I'm looking at the tweets here, this one person here who doesn't look like a media person, Bobby Skinner, tweeted this. Waving Janoris Jenkins is so stupid. This would have blown over in half a day, and you could have traded him for a seventh if uh, seventh round pick if you despise him that badly. So, basically, just you know, trying to say like, uh, stop it with this, right? You know. Um. Yeah, it's it, it. You look. I know actions. I know actions. Mean you know are are louder than words. But when you have this, when you're in a position of where a lot of people follow you, and you have leverage in terms of popularity. And you say stuff like that, think about who you're affecting. Less, you ready for this? Yeah. Moments before the team officially announced that Jenkins had been released, Janoris Jenkins tweeted, best news ever. Thank you. <laughs> he wanted to get out of there. Was he like pulling a George Costanza? Uh, like he dragging the, tra- dragging the, the pennant, the, 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 the trophy, trophy yeah. through the parking lot? <laughs> We're in Babe Ruth's uniform and getting <laughs> strawberry stains on it. <laughs> ah, ah, uh, look at this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, just like what 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 I don't I like Apparently Let It Go was playing at Giants practice shortly after they released Janoris Jenkins too. And there's a video clip of it too. <laughs> now wait a minute, wait a minute. So Oh, God. Because that could be bad, too. Like, depending on... Well, all right. Well, anyway, we're not getting... I don't want to get into that. Right. I guess the takeaway here is it's... You've got you to look at this from a lot of angles, right? You've got to look at who you're talking to. You've got to consider the context you've got to think of the ramifications that this will have. You know, kids idolize these kind of people, right? And if they hear something like that or see something like that, then they're going to think it's okay to say those things. That's the biggest, that's the biggest takeaway from this is you watch your words when you are dealing with an, a multitude of demographics. If you know the person really well and you're in the privacy of your own home, you can say whatever the hell you want. Right. 
Or if you're in your neighborhood and you know the people well enough that they're not going to get offended, say what you want. We've but when you're in mixed company... In the public eye... On Twitter, you got to be careful. You got to watch your words. You and I have said this multiple times. We've had the debates before. You know, we've talked about the words that people use, the slang that people use, the you know, and whatnot. And we've had the debates as to whether or not it's okay to say it, in what company it's allowed, all those different things. Okay, let's not hash that through that again. Mm-hmm. But it comes down to what you just said. When you and I are in the privacy of my home here recording this podcast, you and I can say things to each other that are, you know, horrific. Okay, but but because you and I know that they're jokes, you and I know that there's nobody else other than maybe the NSA or the CIA listening. Right. You know, that it's basically like we can we can say and do whatever we want. We're not breaking any laws. No, you know, we know we're joking, you know. No, no, but no boundaries are getting crossed here. Right. But you and I are not going to go out into the public and then say those Scream same things. these diatribes. Right. It doesn't work that way. No. So, yeah, it's uh, it's just sad. Yeah. It's just sad. And uh, I, you know, it just it, what's funny is that the the New York Daily News back page. Uh, just a day before he was released, says, here's the next R-word Janora should be dealing with. Release. So, nailed it. <laughs> oh, man. Just congrats to the media for calling that one. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> Here we are bashing the media this right. whole time, except for the first story. Yeah. It's just... Well, no, it, it just goes... I mean, it it what we can... The takeaway from this is that... When done correctly, or when the job is done correctly, great things can happen. Uh, People are aware of incidents that need to be brought to everyone's attention uh, for the greater good. Um, Having an opinion on something doesn't... You know, and, and voicing that opinion as a means of telling a story doesn't do anyone any favors. It just lets people know how much of a prick you can be. One. Right, yeah. Two, by you're setting this preconceived, you're, you're, you're giving these people a sense of preconceived notion about the story even before they read it. Um, and that doesn't educate anybody. It doesn't inform anybody. Uh, so you're you're not doing anyone a service by claiming that you are unbiased yet, like with Bro Bible, immediately giving away their opinion at the very beginning of the story, even before reporting the story. Or BJBSJ. Right. Or you're not doing anyone any favors. You you report the story based on what happened to inform people. Like with Mike White and the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette with the basketball game. You say, this happened. And as a result, the kid was suspended. Isaiah, I can't remember his name. Isaiah. We just went over this a couple of minutes ago. I can't, I'm I'm like. Reading is hard for you. Memorizing is hard for me. But How do you and I dress each other? Wait a second, that sounded even terrible. <laughs> this How? episode's this rated, rated M, M for, for immature. And mature. It's rated M for I need to go see a doctor. Yeah. But, you know, you're, you have to think of yourself, when you're a media outlet, you have to think of yourself, what am I doing to service the community? Not what am I doing to promote my own opinions? That's what op-eds are for. And that's why op-eds are usually not in the front of a newspaper. All, all of these social media outlets right are nothing more than op-eds. Right. Okay? Just because, remember, before social media, you could have a blog. Anybody could have a blog. And it was nothing but op-eds. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing as any musician now can, you know, does can bypass the record label and can sell their music and can be on iTunes and can right. be available to the public. That's great for the musicians who can't get noticed by the record label so that they can become somebody, but it's terrible because they're flooding the market with crap. Yep. Okay? And the same thing here. Now, look what we're doing. I mean, technically we're reporting what's going on. Right. But we're giving our views on it. 
but we're reporting it first. Right. We're reporting what happened. And then we're saying that we want everyone listening to have an unbiased view on what happened. And, you know, we, we always say this, that the people that need to hear about sportsmanship, good sportsmanship, are the ones that are not going to listen. Yep. That's why we want the people who are listening to sort of set the example. And to feel empowered by doing so. Right. We and make can... your own informed decision. Exactly. If you disagree with any of our opinions. Fine. That's up to you. Whether we agree with you or not is. And we'd love to have you on the show. To talk about it. Respectfully. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Not so that you can berate us or we can right. berate you. Right. Okay. That's not what this is about. That's not how any of this works. No. Okay. Just, yeah. We always say with, you know, before you hit that send button. On the, on the tweet or anything like that, think twice. Yeah. It's the same thing here. Nobody, think twice, click once. Exactly. Nobody cares what you think about some of this stuff. And I really think it speaks to the idea that we as human beings have, have a desire to be understood, have a desire to be needed, have a desire to be loved. We have a fear of being alone for extensive amounts of time. So the advent of social media and, and blogs and these other outlets create uh you know a false way for people to express themselves so that they can be accepted and heard by others it, it there's a psychological game going on here that really doesn't have anything to do with anything right you know it's, it's not really even about the story it's about the person right it has nothing to do with the with the news that's being reported or the opinion that's being had. It's about the person who clicks send or clicks tweet or clicks post and, and what's going on inside that person's mind and why they feel the need to send that stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is a which is a topic for a different episode yeah. with a psychiatrist and a psychologist and an old priest and a new priest. Right. And a witch doctor and the, a Mandalorian bounty hunter. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of which. Let's end this episode right now. Yes. Okay. Well, Sean, thank you. Thank you. Thanks to everybody listening. We really appreciate it. We hope you have a fantastic holiday season and end to your 2019 and beginning to your 2020. When you hear from us again, it'll be New Year's Day 2020. Can you believe that? As always, again, you can check us out, osipfoundation.org, podcast.osipfoundation.org is the email, facebook.com slash osipfoundation, Twitter, Instagram, at osipfoundation, hashtag how you play the game. We really do appreciate all of you for listening. We appreciate you for subscribing, rating, leaving us you know, stars, comments, the whole thing. Everything that you guys do for us is, is, is very warm and very appreciated. We thank you all for listening, for contributing. Uh, we, we couldn't do this without you. So keep on keeping on. Have a fantastic holiday season, as I said. Best wishes to everybody in the new year. Wish you the best. And and we'll talk to you when we're when we're all older. And and until then, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated. The producer engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by Soundspring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org.